You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Hello and welcome to Mountain Bike Radio. I'm Ben Wilnack, the creator of Mountain Bike Radio, and I just wanted to say thanks for tuning in. We all very much appreciate the time that you're taking to listen to these episodes, and we really appreciate the support. So in this episode, you're about to listen to a show I call Inside Mountain Bike Radio, which is a show that I use to capture all those interviews and stories that are around the world of mountain biking that maybe don't necessarily fit into the other shows that you hear on Mountain Bike Radio. So in this episode, you'll hear from a mountain biker in Wisconsin who's just like most of us. Gets up in the morning, heads off to work, and he fits in his riding, his training, racing, whenever he can. Spends most of his days thinking about riding while he's at work. Just like the rest of us. Regular guy, strong rider, but it's a really interesting look at someone who is going to be embarking on basically a trip of a lifetime and heading off with a teammate to race the uh, APSA Cape Epic, which is March, uh, a couple weeks here coming up. We'll get into a bunch of details about the everything from the race to his training to you know his thoughts about everything going into it, his worries, what he's looking forward to. Um, so it's a really interesting look at a, basically a normal guy who's, uh, took the initiative to get out and do something way beyond his comfort zone. It's a great episode and I know you'll enjoy it. But before we get to the episode, I have two announcements. One is just a reminder, something I say every few episodes, leave a review, whether it's on iTunes or the app, you can go to the, the app page it's it's through iTunes, but you can go there and rate the app separately of iTunes. Rate those. You can go to Google Play, Amazon, Microsoft, uh, the Windows app, which, by the way, if you have a Windows computer, the app is really slick on there. It looks really cool, too, um, as well as Stitcher. So if you go over there, leave a rating. I really appreciate it. It's just It's not just for my ego. It really does help us become more visible to other listeners. So if you want to help us out, help other listeners out, head over there, take a couple minutes, leave a rating. I would be very grateful. All right. Second announcement that I have is something that you should be on the lookout for. Uh, what we're going to be doing is something new to Mountain Bike Radio. You're probably familiar with uh, NPR, the uh, public radio and you're familiar with Kickstarter, which in a sense, they're both kind of the crowdsource type of fundraising, right? So what we're going to do for Mountain Bike Radio for 2015 in starting sometime hopefully next week is kick off our campaign, our own campaign. It's not going to be on Kickstarter. Don't worry about that. It's going to be our own deal in-house. I'm putting together a, a podcast of myself to explain it give you kind of an update, get you up to speed on what mountain bike radio has going, what we have plans for, where this is all going. Um, you'll also hear some short uh, recordings from some of the hosts. They recorded some pretty interesting uh, short pieces that are going to be included in this main podcast, but those explain 
why they got involved with mountain bike radio. They've been listening a long time and they thought they had an idea for a podcast and they, they go into detail of, you know, really what it means to them. And I thought that'd be a really good opportunity for you guys, the listeners to get a feel for, you know, how this affects everybody, including the people that take the time to put these episodes together. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, just a real quick overview. You will. So how it'll work. This is, this is how it'll work. You give money, you invest your money in mountain bike radio. That helps us keep mountain bike radio going. That's the bottom line. You're probably wondering, well, why don't you just go get some advertising? We are. So what I want to do is I want to spend my time, our time focusing on a few big limited partners, right? So you don't aren't inundated with all these little piddly advertising deals that really don't pertain to the shows, really don't provide much value to us and uh, really don't provide much value to you. They don't provide much value to you because it takes us a lot of time and energy to just deal with that. And for a very little amount of money, it takes a lot of time away from interviews, shows, production, doing cool stuff, doing t-shirts, doing social media, putting together, you know, meetups and doing all this other stuff that we want to do to improve the experience of mountain bike radio. All those little things just get in the way. So we want to be able to focus on a main, you know, a few main th- uh, partners that we'd like to work with. And then the rest of the stuff, we're looking to you to have a stake in mountain bike radio. So how it's going to work is you're going to give money and you're going to get stuff for that money. So let's say you put in 50 bucks, you're going to get a certain, we'll have all this listed. It'll come with all the details, but just a reminder, I'm just giving you just kind of the 40,000 foot view here. Um, but it's, you're going to get something for each level. And then you're also going to be thrown into a random drawing. So let's say for every $50, it's going to be for every $50, you get a token that's thrown into the, the random drawing. At the end of each week, we're going to give away some cool prizes. We have a couple, for example, uh, $50 gift certificates to JPACs. So jpacs.com, J-P-A-K-S.com. But so, you know, that would be a weekly prize. At the end of the month, the main prize, the random drawing will be all expense paid trip to any race weekend, any race, you know, for the weekend travel in the lower 48. And that'll be up to 500 bucks. So basically you're going to get a weekend away on us for contributing money. That's what you have an opportunity to, uh, to win. So that should capture your attention. So be on the lookout. You can, uh, follow along on Facebook, on Twitter, which is MTN bike radio. Again, Twitter is at MTN bike radio, Instagram, same deal. And you can also follow along, get on our email list. I'm going to be, we're going to be blasting this out everywhere. So if you miss it, you either weren't listening or you weren't looking. So if you do have any questions about that, or maybe you have a business or small business, or you've been listening to mountain bike radio a long time and you know, you really want to have kind of be a a stake in this whole deal. Um, 
just shoot me an email, ben at mountainbikeradio.com. All right, I'll shut up. I'll get out of the way. But I just wanted to, again, say thanks to all you. I know we each episode we have new listeners, and we have some that have been around since the very first episode. So it's a really cool mix, and I really do appreciate it. The amount of emails, the comments, the questions, and, and all the stuff I've been getting the last two months has outpaced anything that we've received over the last two years. And I, I'm humbled and it's, it's a really cool thing. So I, I like the direction this is all going. So I'm going to get out of the way. I hope you appreciate the episode. I really, it was a fun episode to do a fun interview to do. We, we ended up talking off the air quite a bit as well. So Ben's a cool guy and I hope you get some information from it are inspired by it and it makes you come back and listen to another episode. So talk to you soon. Thanks for checking in. Have a good day. Welcome to Inside Mountain Bike Radio. I'm your host, Ben Welnack, and with me tonight is Ben Schreiber. Ben is a rider from Wisconsin who will be doing a team, and we'll get into uh, kind of the the team aspect of this race as we get into the interview. But he'll be racing on a, a two-man team at the ABSA Cape Epic, which is coming up very soon. Uh, we'll talk about the details of the race. We'll talk about um, the daily grind because, really, this is a huge race. Um, it's down in South Africa, so travel, racing, prepping in Wisconsin during the middle of the winter, what it's like, what it's going to be like racing on a two-man team for a stage race. We'll talk about uh, his history or non-history of racing stage races. But if you haven't heard of the Cape Epic, like I said, we'll get into the details in the interview. But if you haven't heard of it, you can head over to www.cape-epic.com. That's cape-epic.com. It is March 15th to the 22nd. And like I said, we'll talk about all the details further in in the uh, interview. All right, Ben. So I want to introduce you to the listeners. They don't know who you are. I mean, you know, I've on the show, we, we do a lot of interviews with, I don't know, bigger, I guess, bigger names. And yep. people really get used to hearing, okay, you know, Jeremiah Bishop and, uh, Brian Motter and all these bigger yep. names. And it's nice to get some, I guess, you know, you're an average guy when it comes down to, yep. as far as mountain biking is concerned, you might be a, you know, you might be a spectacular guy as far as family's concerned. We don't know that you can, <laughs> you can convince us of that. But um, my point being, it's nice to get on some guys that are like, like the rest of us who go to work, you know, we can do the training when we can, we get it in. Pay the bills. Yeah. Five. Right. It, it's like, the average dude. So I wanted to get you on. You you had reached out and Todd Nutter. So listeners, if you're not familiar with the Wars Report on Mountain Bike Radio, we will be kicking that up again this summer. Um, but Todd, the host or my co-host for that, had reached out and then Ben said, "Hey, would you willing to have me on?" And I said yes because we got this average guy who's training through Wisconsin winter, who is going to do this like once in a lifetime race. Absolutely. Which it's, I mean, it's a fantastic thing. So 
let's uh, let's give people a background. Tell them who you are, how like what's your history of mountain biking, kind of what you've been doing the last few years. I know you do wars races, some of the Wisconsin Endurance Mountain Bike Series races, um, and so let's talk about all that. Let's take people back, give them an idea of who you are, your background, and how in the world you got to this point of deciding to go to South Africa to race the Cape Epic. So yeah, take us back. <laughs> what a long way it's been. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm uh, originally, I was really athletic through high school, did all sorts of sports, including track and field and swimming. Never, never rode a bike outside of just simple transportation, but uh, coached a lot of track and field after high school for about eight years. And uh, one of the guys I coached track with raced bikes, did uh, did a little road racing, did a little mountain biking, did a little triathlons. Um, and my best friend, who was following the race across America that summer, actually, uh, when Dave Hazy from Fond du Lac was doing it, uh, said, hey, I'm just out of the blue. Uh, hey, I'm thinking about getting into cycling. You interested in taking that up with me? And, I mean, for lack of a better answer, I said, sure. Was, I mean, I was intrigued by it, so went out and spent what I thought was an ungodly amount of money on a $600 bike. Which I <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Scott had now, <laughs> but, uh, $600 I mean, wheel. No. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um, but with my track and swimming background, as it was, uh, the, uh, guy I coached with said, well, you got, you run, you swim, and now you got this bike, you're doing a triathlon with me. And I said, sure. And I mean, it made sense. So kind of the triathlons a little bit and never did anything further than a sprint just because of my, you know, time to train and everything, but enjoyed it a lot. Whereas my best friend went down the mountain biking path. Um, a few years went by and I started to find out that the only portion of the triathlon I really enjoyed was the bike portion. <laughs> Who wants to jump on a lake when it's five in the morning and the water's 40 degrees and, you know. Yeah. Can I bike. can I ask you what uh, triathlons you did? And this isn't going to mean anything to all the people that are probably outside of Wisconsin, but I'm curious yeah. just personally. Um, there was a series. There's, I think there's a few series actually in uh, – Wisconsin, middle Wisconsin and southeastern Wisconsin called the five star series, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think it, it may have fizzled out um since now, but uh since then, but uh it was maybe six or seven races over the course of the summer. So I jumped into all of the sprint ones. Got pretty good at the hour and hour to two hour, you know, effort okay. sort of thing. So okay. which in the end correlated over the mountain biking all right. Okay. Well, I, I didn't mean to derail us in the triathlon discussion because I, yeah. I you know, the, the listeners, I'm not sure they really, uh, dig that, but I, yeah. I was, I just relate because in, I don't even know what year it is, a long time ago, I did mm -hmm. the Manitowoc triathlon. Okay. Which you swim I, in. Not sure if I did that one, but. Okay. <laughs> but you swim in Lake Michigan. And the okay. first year I'm like, well, it can't be that cold. I'll do it. You know, it's just a sprint. <laughs> like I'll just do it without a wet, wetsuit. Cause it's 400 meter swim. Right. I mean, yep, how yep. Cold can like it be? Nothing much. yeah. And it was terrible. It was so cold that I got out of there and I, I was actually like, 
it actually affected, yeah, it actually affected my ability to like finish the swim properly, yeah. you know? So yep. Was, yep. the next year I came back and I'm, it was a wetsuit for a 400 meter swim just to stay warm. It was crazy. Yep. But anyhow, yep. so, yep. <laughs> so in, in listeners too, when you get to that point, I'm, I'm right there with you on the, you, you figure out that you really like to, you like the bike portion, you're good at the bike portion and yep. it kind of sucks when you're getting like, you have to one, learn how to kind of pace the bike. So you really can't go hard mm-hmm. as you want on the bike. And it sucks that you have to get on the bike being tired from swimming. So you're like, you get to this point where you're just like, forget it. I'm just going to go ride. So yeah, we're at that exactly. point. So, so when did you start? Um, what was your first mountain bike race then? Well, see, when the triathlon season ended, I went to a cyclocross race gotcha. and said, oh my God, where has this been all my life? And kind of got into cyclocross and really enjoyed it, and but wasn't that great at it. So finally took up my best friend on his mountain biking hobby and decided to pick up a mountain bike and to improve my cyclocross uh, skills, essentially. Um, long story short, for training with a group of friends one spring, we uh, took this annual, it was an annual trip that they take down to Asheville, North Carolina, where they ride on the road and they ride on the trails for a solid week. So I got my mountain bike and we went down there and uh, I think we rode DuPont the uh, first day out there. I ascended this hill and then descended the hill and got to the bottom and like all the hair on my body was standing up and I was like shaking. I couldn't believe it. And I was absolutely hooked on mountain biking at that point. And I said, Holy crap, this is like, this is where it's at. So that's a hell of a trip. That's a hell of a trip to, to learn how to mountain bike too. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's not like you're just tooling around Wisconsin trails. Yeah. I'd like to get back there again now that I uh, know how to ride my mountain bike a little better, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. It was, it was amazing. So it got me hooked right there. So, and um, then how long, so that was in the spring. How long did it take before you actually were out racing? Started racing. Well, uh, I dabbled in it a little bit then in okay. 2010. Okay. I kind of, I was going back and forth between mountain biking and tries. And then 2011 quit tries cold Turkey. <laughs> Uh, okay. started racing the sports category in wars, which is the lower half cat two for those that aren't from Wisconsin. They split the uh, cat twos into two categories because there's so many of us, mm-hmm. uh, did, I mean, mediocre, just cutting my teeth, learning how to, you know, ride technical and everything and still developing my motor, uh, 2012, I just on a whim upgraded to comp because I think it was put into my head that better competition will make you ride better. So did it? Ended up ended up having a great 2012. I won comp. <laughs> oh, really? Nice, nice yeah, job. Yeah, which is pretty, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and comp is a pretty that, so, and I'll just I'm going to interrupt you. Um, yep, but yeah, comp, no you know, listeners, comp is. Uh, it's a pretty competitive group of people. I mean, that, that war series, the thing is, is, you know, you can go anywhere in the country, right. And there's going to be fast people, but I would say that that group of comp racers, that cat two is really that upper part of cat two. It's so deep. 
like any, there's like 30 or 40 guys that are like, you know, shoulder to shoulder basically in any of those races. Yeah. Very, very Maybe competitive. More, I don't even know, but yeah. So anyhow, so, okay. So you, yeah. did, you, you did really well doing that. Then what's the next step after that? Well, of course, having won it, that's an automatic boot up into a leap. <laughs> yep. It's and, a whole uh, different world. Yeah. Like <laughs> I only had my one season in comp there. So it's like, I mean, I don't think at any point that I think, well, how hard can it be elite? I'm pretty sure I knew it would be hard, but my first year in elites in 2013 was I definitely trial by fire. It was, I mean, not only is it an extra lap for every race, but the pace is just relentless i think would be the best term to describe it it's just all out all the time yeah so for 2014 i knew efforts needed to be increased so (laughs) i ended up having a much better year this year and which is part of the reason why when asked if i would be interested in doing such a race as the cape epic uh my teammate ryan who asked me if i wanted to do it also came off a very, very good year for him this year. Um, we both kind of decided that we both were at about our best fitness that we've ever had. And if we were ever going to do it, and if we had the chance, this would be the time to do it. So that's kind of why, I guess you would say. We gotcha. So this, this whole uh, Cape Epic thing wasn't your idea? Nope. Oh. It was literally, I guess, Ryan saw i mean it's not very well covered in the united states of all things but uh saw a special on some extended cable channel and just said wow he was amazed by it and thought that'd be cool to do and uh had been paying attention to it and i think like i said he thought his fitness was good enough and decided to try to uh get into it this year um I literally got a text one day that said, Hey, thinking about doing this eight day stage mountain bike race. You want to be my teammate? I'm like, okay. Oh, it's in South Africa, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, I didn't know if he was kidding or what. And I just said, yeah, whatever. And, uh, looked out, looked into it. Cause like I'd heard of it Mm -hmm. through like various, I don't know if Wells ever did it or, I mean, some American, I mean, I, I think I've heard of some American pros going out there and doing it before, but I'd heard of it, didn't really know what it was. Go on the website, research it a little more, and said, holy cow, what did I just agree to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and is this your first stage race then, too? Uh, yes, I it absolutely that. is. Okay. okay, I mentioned yeah. that in the beginning, but I wasn't totally sure. I I thought mm-hmm. I knew the answer, but yeah, so... So you're learning how to do a stage race. Mm-hmm. You're flying to a different country. Yep. To a different continent that I'm assuming you've never been to. I have pretty much never been out of the country, in fact. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. So we have that. We have the the no stage race. We have the um, – I mean, have you raced these type of endurance events? Like have you done a ton of endurance events or has it been more of like just the wars – the shorter cross country stuff with some endurance thrown in. Both of us are predominantly just cross country racers. Okay. So we're definitely uh, going out on a limb here, <laughs> but uh, we're, 
we're confident, let's just say. We gotcha. We tried to be smart about it. We and, we trained a lot this winter, let's okay. just say. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit more detail about the training in a little bit. First, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Cape Epic itself. Itself, you know, okay. You, you were talked into doing this, and you agreed to doing it, thinking you know it'll be a great experience. And mm-hmm. you know, um, so you started researching, and like you said, you started taking a look, and you were like, "Oh man, what did I get myself into?" <laughs> All right. So let's give some details. Cause I know there's probably some people out there that were in your situation. They're like, yeah, I heard of that once, but I know I don't really know what it's about. Yep. Um, can you give people an idea when you start digging into it? What did you find? Well, of course, being that it's in a, in South Africa, everything's in using the metric system. So you look at the numbers and you're like, well, what is that exactly? So, over the course of the eight days, it's well, it's a seven-day stage race with a prologue to start off. Um, the entire length of the race, 739 kilometers, with 16,000 meters of climbing, which roughly equates to 460 miles and 52,000 feet of climbing over the course of those eight days which is relatively intimidating when <laughs> it comes right down to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's yeah. where you live right now? I mean, what's the longest climb you have? <laughs> is it over a uh, hundred feet? It, maybe. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, in the Fond du Lac area, there's some good climbs, but yeah, it's nothing, nothing in Wisconsin. Well, maybe on the very Western side of the state. Right. Being, yeah. 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 Being in the kind of the, so I don't know if I mentioned it, but I said you were from Wisconsin, but kind of southeast um, area, kind of not yep. in the Kettle Moraine where it would be like really rolling hilly, but you're kind of outside that a little bit. But anyway, yeah, even, you're, even you're the, the northern Kettle. Yeah, even the hilly parts of that, I mean, it's it's nothing like you're doing 10,000 feet in you Definitely know, not. 50, 60 miles. So, yeah, yeah. So, so you mentioned the distance, the climbing. What's What can you expect, you know, give people an idea of what you're expecting for the terrain? Is it single track, double track? Is it all open? Are there sections where it's like total sand? Like what? what's the going into this? What are you expecting? Well, based on a lot of the videos, there's plenty of videos of the race. If you'd ever go out and just search YouTube for Cape Epic videos, because this is, I guess, the most media covered mountain bike race mm-hmm. there is. But uh, it we'll, makes it look like. I'll put some in the show notes, too. Just okay. to get that in there. So, yep. Okay. Um, Terrain-wise, the videos make it look like there's a lot of double track, a lot of fire road, that sort of thing. But I think that's predominantly because that's where the helicopters can record and that's where the camera crews can get to. Um, listening to interviews and course descriptions, though, a lot of these guys are saying it's the best mountain biking, best single track in the world. So presumably there's good single track to be had. It's just a matter of seeing it. <laughs> right. So it it's interesting because you look at it, like you said, it's not really covered a ton here in the U S mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. worldwide. If you look at the, the participants that show up, the, t- the level of talent, I mean, yep. This is a real deal. I mean, this is like, yeah, yeah, you guys are showing up there and you guys are like, you know, 
pretty much just trying to hang on, right? Yep, I mean, yep. you're the, like yeah, some we're, pretty strong riders, but you'll just kind of just be trying, oh, to, yeah, I, trying to get it done. I'm, I mean, it's like going and somehow getting on the field at Lambeau and <laughs> playing with the likes of Aaron Rodgers and everybody. Right, which is really cool. Yeah. It's cool to have the opportunity yeah. to at least be on the same field. Yep, yeah, there, this is the only, I guess, of the UCI races, this one is ranked fours category along with three other races, the Tour de France, the Giro d'Italia, and the Vuelta Espana. This is the only one that's a pro-am, as, you know, pros and amateurs together. Mm-hmm. So, so with, yeah. with the, um, you know, that being said with the course and in that, those details, what the weather, it's a fall there. Right. Mm-hmm. So yep. what can you expect? Is it still, still pretty warm or what's the temperature going to be like? Well, I've been paying attention to it. Uh, all, all winter <laughs> long. Non-stop. Yeah. Non-stop. <laughs> yeah. <You're> right. Right. <laughs> I mean, definitely making me long for it being that it's in the negative degrees over here all the time. But, uh, I'm guessing it should be in the seventies, eighties, thereabouts. Okay. So nothing like that all along. Yeah, I mean, I say that, but earlier this week, a heat wave came through, and it was 104 on Tuesday. (laughs) Hopefully that's the rarity. (laughs) If that happened, that would be rough, but that was just two days there where it was 97 one day and 104 the next, so. Do you, how many racers are they expecting this year? Do you know? There are, how many racers? Yeah. It is limited. The race is limited. It's capped. So. Oh, I didn't are, realize that it's capped. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, there are twelve hundred people, six hundred two-person teams. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I didn't realize this was a capped a capped race because I saw it. You know, I had that many people last year, and I didn't realize like if they were. I don't know. I didn't realize that. So that's cool. So yeah, I mean that's of, a big part of it. I guess pretty big field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, people apply year after year after year and get turned away to get into this race. So the fact that we got in on our first try is pretty spectacular. I, I bet it helps that you're coming from a country that's far away. They need I some mean, new blood. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, also registration closed in June or thereabouts. Okay. And they leave a certain amount of uh, spots open for pros and for wildcard entries, they call them. And to apply for the wildcard entry, you need to submit your race resume and like basically a mini essay as to why you want to be in the race, why you deserve to be in the race, and why they should let you in the race. And so that's how we ended up getting in, actually. Okay. And and when was that that you finally got in? Uh, we put our entry in, I believe, in October, okay. late October. And we heard that we were in in November. So, so in, your, in your head, I mean, when did you commit to this with Ryan? When did he come to you and say, hey, let's get this, let's try it? That was probably early October Okay, when he just threw the idea out there. Okay. So were you, with that, knowing that you said, yeah, let, Ryan, let's do it, were you starting to just, you know, get amped up? Or were you like, all right, I don't know what I'm going to do? <laughs> yeah, it was. it was kind of... We, I didn't, I really didn't think there was that great of a shot, like great of a chance for us to get in. But I mean, 
if we get in, cool. If we don't get in, mm-hmm. oh, oh well. And then, yeah, when the morning he called me and just all his all he said was, "We're in." <laughs> it was elation followed by, "This is going to be a long winter." <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, yeah, and we're that's what we're going to talk about now, because like I said, all right, we got the weather chance of being mm-hmm. you know 80s 90s that's hot i mean for mm-hmm. somebody coming from the middle of wisconsin winter right i mean you have mm-hmm. i mean today it was 45 degrees here where i'm at in north dakota and it seemed you know it's like t-shirt weather basically <laughs> um so so i want to talk about you mentioned you're in really good shape um obviously you kind of have to be at this point otherwise you're screwed yeah um, but let I want to give listeners an idea of what, it, you know, some of the stuff you've been doing for training, like, you know, things that you've been worried about, things that you haven't been worried about. Like, are you, like, yep. for example, are you worried about the heat? Have you been doing anything like sitting in a sauna or you just like, I want listeners to know what it takes for this, you know, basically regular dude yep. at getting ready for the Cape Epic in South Africa in the middle of winter in Wisconsin. Like, what do you do? Like, how did you approach that last fall when you, when he called you and said you're in? Yeah, uh, well, I would say full-on prep didn't begin until we really uh, knew we were in. But we were, of course, staying fit, closing out the war season. The war season doesn't end until early to mid-October. Um And then we had a, we had signed on to be in, at Iceman which is in, what is it, mid to late November. Mm-hmm. So we were going to try to hold fitness till then, of course. Um, we found out that we were in, into the Cape Epic, somewhere in that region. So essentially, we just uh, never stopped. <laughs> a lot of people would hang it up, at least for a few weeks to a month or whatever in the winter, give themselves a little time off the bike. We just kind of kept riding. Um, thankfully we had some mild weekends here and there where we were able to get outside, put some long, long rides in back to back days. Um, otherwise we became intimately familiar with our stationary trainers (laughs) day in and day out. Part of the thing that we kept on keeping in mind was really late or the really, you know, get a good workout in one day and turn around the next day and hit it again real hard. And then if possible, hit it again real hard the next day because we definitely won't be able to duplicate the climbing. We're going to have a hard time duplicating the time in the saddle. Um, but at least if we're going to duplicate something, we should, we should be able to duplicate riding hard on tired legs. So, we know, there's probably going to be plenty of that. Yeah. Is the, uh, if you had a coach, or are you just kind of doing this, just trying to figure it out yourself? Neither of us actually have coaches. Okay. Um, I mean, I I have nothing against coaches. I'm sure if I had a coach, I'd be stronger. <laughs> it, yeah. But it's just one of them things where I wouldn't call myself stubborn, but I think, I mean, yeah. I'll just leave it at I don't <laughs> Oh, have no, that's, that's fine. I just, you, you, you were speaking... <laughs> What you were just saying as far as the, the really important is riding on tired legs for a stage race like this, it sounds like mm-hmm. you're talking from some experience of somebody telling you to 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 really focus on that because that mm-hmm. is really important. As somebody that's yeah. done three stage races myself, it's 
Okay. That's a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, not necessarily. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I have a a teammate, uh, Madeline Passant, who rode pro on the road for a while. She uh, had done some stage races. I picked her brain a little bit. She just told me recovery, recovery, recovery. But uh, and that would be during the race itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, otherwise, logically, I just thought you do you do seven hours and you got to turn around the next day and do another seven hours and you got to turn around the next day and do another seven hours. <laughs> Your legs are going to be tired. So yeah. get used to riding it, on them. Is that what you expect each uh, stage to be? Like how many hours each day are you going to be riding? Seven hours um, every day pretty much? Yeah, kind of basing it on past, uh, looking at race times from past years, which isn't completely accurate since every year it's a new course. Mm-hmm. Um, we are hoping, and what are we basing this on? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. Just making yourself feel good. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're hoping, we're hoping to get in under seven hours every day. Okay. Um, we're, I mean, one of our goals, and goal number one to simply finish this crazy race, um, is to finish under 50 hours. So. And for seven days, yeah, math, it gets you under seven hours for at least a few of them. What kind of... God, for, God forbid it rains or something. Last year it was a very wet race. Yeah. Um, and so people were out there for 10 hours just in slogging in the mud. That would not be fun. We're hoping it doesn't rain. <laughs> no, that'd be a mess because then you'd spend yeah. half a day getting your bike ready. And if you're yeah, riding we, six or seven hours during the day, it doesn't really leave you a lot of time afterward to get things done. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, one of the benefits of this race, it, this race has been around for 11 years now, I believe, and it's very, very, very well run, which is part of the reason I think Ryan thought it was a good race to jump into. Mm-hmm. After every stage, you get done, and you hand your bike off to professional mechanics who wash it and give it a once-over and whatever it needs so you don't really need to worry about it per se it sounds good to me hell yeah that's that's a hell of a deal yeah yeah so with the i'm curious with the volume then so you've been training especially on the trainer like what have you been what have you been doing like what's your longest ride on the trainer longest ride on the trainer i we've done i i like to and even just normal wars training mm-hmm. seasons past i i'm a fan of quality over quantity like to me just popping a movie in or two or whatever and just spinning that bores the bejesus out of me mm-hmm. i couldn't handle that yeah. um so i'm a big fan of spinnervals workouts um i get some specific ones that are tempo workouts and uh just threshold workouts and I've been doing those very religiously all winter long. Um, when I have more time, I'll do two of them. When I have a lot of time, I'll do three of them back to back to back. But, uh, quality is what I think I'm banking on. <laughs> yeah. You'll find, maybe you'll I've find got, out maybe pretty... I've got, yeah, maybe I've got endurance mountain bikers who are just shaking their head right now. going, this dude's going to die. But <laughs> No, I mean, you can approach it. Yeah. I mean, you know yourself, right? I mean, you know, if you, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like you're going to compete with the, you know, 
Topeak Ergon team at the top or anything yeah. like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you kind of know what you need to get through it. Well, yep. hope you know what you need yeah. to get through it. But hypothetically. <laughs> right. I mean, as long as you feel like you're you're ready to at least tackle it, you're good. Yeah. And then, you know, going from that, I'll tell you what, this is something that you'll learn really quickly. So when you, yeah. during the stage race, is when you get done with that stage race, you are going to be so bummed and not want to go home. Because the first yeah. two days, what happens is the first day you're all amped up, right? So the second mm-hmm. day it's kind of, you're kind of amped up still and you're still thinking about real life, like, you know, work and how it's going at home or whatever you had going on, you know, maybe some emails or something. Kind of the stuff is just still on your mind. And after a third day or after a second day, you wake up and it's become, it's quickly become a habit. You're like, all right, focus. Like you get up, you have your little routine you go out and race, you come back, it's all a routine. So for like yeah. day three, four, five, or whatever it is, those middle days, it's all it's all bike all the time. Yep. Yep. Nothing else matters. Like everything else is gone. And then the the last, you know, then the last couple of days you'll just be hanging out. You'll just be at that point, just dog tired. But then that last day, yeah. you'll just be <laughs> You look around and just told, just soak it up because that last day, just enjoy, you know, once you know you have it, it may be there's like an hour left in the, in the stage or whatever. Just look mm-hmm. around, enjoy it and realize like what you got because then you have to go home and all you're going to think about is doing another stage race. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's, really, that's awesome yeah. to hear the psyche. That's, yeah. I mean, we know, we know it's definitely going to be life altering in many, many ways. So the way we look at races, the way, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. And, and when you do start looking, when you come back, the Breck Epic is really good. It's fantastic. Yep. Uh, Transylvania, Transylvania Epic or Transylvania. I always mm-hmm. screw it up, but basically Transylvania Epic stage race. Um, fantastic. Both of those are really good. Um, definitely worth checking out and Pisca too. So you like yeah. riding down there at Pisgah Stage Race is really uh There you go. That's yeah. noteworthy. Okay. That, that's one <laughs> I want to do too. So anyhow, but I, I just think it's interesting for somebody that's jumping into a stage race to be jumping into the Cape Epic. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting from nothing to the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it sounds like you're pretty calm. Are you are you freaking out inside and just kind of not not bringing that out or are you just like, oh, whatever? happens it's, whatever happens uh, happens yeah i mean it's so unknown at this point i okay. guess it's hard to freak out about like i think we're we're confident it's going to be the most difficult race we've ever done or probably ever will do how do you approach that we're going to approach it optimistically mm-hmm. does it does <laughs> um, it change things that you're just going basically like you said just going to finish does that change the mindset it kind of does i mean I mean, on the one hand, well, I mean, even one of the things we've been trying to tackle or, or trying to get our minds around is pacing. Like, we're used to wars races. We're used to Ordeshore. We're used to Iceman, where a gun fires, and it's go, 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 as hard as you can for two, three hours, and then done. Whereas here, a gun fires, and it's like, okay, let's find a pace. Right. All right. Let's hold this pace. Oh, there's a mountain. Don't push too hard up this freaking mountain. All right. And yeah. So 
like the best we can imagine our pacing strategy is going to be to treat it like a pre-ride for a normal race and just find a pace and if you feel good, go with it. If you don't feel good, back off, et cetera. It's, we're definitely going to be feeling it out. And I, I'm, I'm certain you'll find, you know, uh, groups to ride with too, because what yeah, happens absolutely. a lot of times, yeah, what happens with the stage races is another cool thing is by that second and third day, you end up, you know, you'll be a buddy, buddy with some people just because you're riding mm-hmm. next to them, basically those every stage. Cause you're kind of the same pace. So, yeah. Yeah. So that'll yeah, help too. It'll be cool in and of itself being that there's, I think 50 countries represented. So be cool to see, hear stories about from other people from all over the world, essentially. Yeah. You'll, you'll end up riding next to these groups and they won't even speak, won't even speak English. You'll be yeah. stuck, like just signaling to each other. Been looking at the translator at the translator on my phone to see how I can say slow down, speed up. <laughs> yeah, because you're gonna give you're gonna look over, give somebody a thumbs up, and they're gonna go faster. You're like, oh yep, shit, yep. damn it. So, <laughs> so is there there anything that does worry you? I mean, are you, does the like the travel make you nervous, or maybe you know what do you do? Are you taking extra bikes? Like, what happens if you have a major malfunction? Does any of that stuff make you nervous or is there anything in particular that kind of sticks out that you've had to remind yourself, it'll, it'll be okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, I know the, the climbing has Ryan nervous. Um, for me, the climbing is what it is. I mean, I'm six foot five, 190 pounds at best. So I am not a climber. <laughs> so again, Hey, this guy's going to die. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going to do what I can. If anything, I'd like to call myself relentless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, What's got me nervous above anything is just the time in the saddle every day and it adding up and just how sore I'm going to be. Hopefully (laughs) (laughs) not that bad. We thankfully have a part of the deal for the race where we're going to get massages after every stage. I think that's going to be huge, but... Yeah, I mean, it's literally just going to be not even one stage at a time. We're going to go one aid station at a time and just keep on piling it on. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. The, so with that, the bikes, are you, did you bring extra bikes or oh, what's the scoop? We, I mean, okay. I don't know if you're not allowed more than one bike, but I think feasibly one bike is what it is. Yep. No, because some people, you know, I know with traveling and stuff. I mean, you just got to take what you mm-hmm. can. Um, well, the way the the way the yeah, I'm I'm I don't know for sure, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say you can only have one bike because um, okay. you're you're only allowed for like luggage, one yeah. duffel bag that okay. they provide. They give you a duffel bag, you fill it full of stuff, and that's your stuff for the whole okay. eight days. Okay, I wasn't sure how yeah how they logistically did that, but yeah, well. If, then you're if you all in the same break, boat. if you have catastrophic breaks or anything like that, they, I think the race is sponsored by SRAM or something, and you just have to swipe your credit card, and there you've got a new <laughs> wheel, there you've got okay. a new derailleur or whatever. Okay, that makes sense. That's that's fair enough. So, is there anything that you're particularly excited about with this race? Maybe something I don't know. Anything with a particular area, South Africa? Maybe the like you said, the travel first time out of the country. Is there anything that, you know, maybe even just off the bike in general that you've been looking forward to that you didn't really think you would be? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm various levels of excited about so many things coming up. This is so out of the realm of something I thought I'd ever do. <laughs> so, I mean, flying over there on huge jumbo jets, that's going to be cool to me. Um, being in the southern hemisphere where the toilets circle the other direction, that'll be pretty <laughs> cool to me. Um, <laughs> um, just, I mean, I can't imagine the spectators and venues and going through every little village where all the people are going to be out on the side of the road cheering. Like, I think the adrenaline rush is going to get me through a lot of these stages. And the scenery is just amazing just looking at the videos. So it's going to be hard to concentrate on the trails with all the scenery. Yeah. And, you know, I, we'll we'll have to get you on after you guys get done or get both of you on or awesome. something just to get your you know take and experience. Yeah. But uh, what would you say, I guess – you know, there's listeners out there thinking about the same thing. They've been thinking about this, doing their, their big race, whether it's Cape Epic or Breck Epic or Transylvania mm-hmm. or Pisgah, like taking that time off. And for you, it's going to be extra time. You know, those other ones are basically just a week. They're here. So it's not like you're spending, you know, basically two weeks to be gone or whatever. Yep. Um, but is there something that you'd tell other people? you know, going through the process that you've done already without racing, but is there something that you could say to somebody else that's been thinking about it for a long time to help them get off their ass and do it? I'd say you, I mean, if you're, if you are relatively confident in yourself, if you think you can do the work, you think you can get yourself to a point where you say, yeah, I think I can do this. You live once. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Is there any, is there anything during your training the last couple months that was there any point where you were like, Oh shit, did you, did you, <laughs> like this is bad. Like I'm not going to be, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> well, historically I get sick every winter. So okay. I've been trying, I mean like for, you know, a few weeks, just a normal cold or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying my darndest to avoid that. And I have. I've been being real careful, drinking tons of water, vitamin C, eating healthy, all everything, washing my hands all the time, bathing, etc. You know. <laughs> Do not touch um, anything on the jet on the way over there. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So after having my professional bike fit at Trek World Headquarters from a good friend and racing mate go out riding on the truck trails afterwards on uh, our fat bikes, which we got a lot of training on those this winter, uh, getting out in the snow and stuff. Having said that, we're just having fun and go a little hot through a turn, lean over a little too far, forget I'm in the, forget I'm in the snow and wash out and slam my knee on the top tube and oh. land on my wrist. And, Oh, it's just a crash. It's nothing. Get up and, kept on riding for a little bit, but it kept on hurting more and more and couldn't hardly move my wrist and my knee was throbbing. So, and that was beginning of February, actually. So back in my mind, I'm freaking out, but trying to stay calm about it. I'm one of the people who doesn't really like to go to the hospital or doctor very often. You're just a stubborn guy. (laughs) You'll be fine at this race. 
You want to do any of this? No coach, no doctor. I can do it, right? Well, I finally went in for x-rays just to make sure I was okay, and thankfully I was okay. They just said I fell off my bike and hurt myself. So <laughs> fell off my bike and hurt myself. Yeah. But, uh, all right, though. I mean, I've, I've probably from overuse and maybe not a tremendous bike fit on my trainer bike. I've got some knee pain, but knock on wood, the off season has gone by fairly well, the off season slash training. Yeah. The winter season. Did you, you you mentioned fat bikes. Did you get out and race anytime? Any fat bike races? We just raced the sweaty Yeti at, uh, Levis mounds. That was the only fat bike race we jumped into. Actually, there's been plenty of opportunities, but this was the only one we jumped into. Okay. Uh, it was zero degrees at the start. <laughs> yeah. Very good prep, you know, for Africa. Right, right. Well, I just, I, you know, with so many races in uh, the Midwest, you know, between Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, I mean, you can race every weekend, and I just figured, you know, it might be a good mm-hmm. opportunity to get out and crank it up a little bit. But yeah. yeah. And, I mean, looking back at it, we still got really good days of training in over those weekends. I don't oh, know. For it's sure. like, you, yep. yeah, you go, you go race for a weekend. Sometimes you don't get quality rides in both days. So we made sure we got good rides in every, every, every day we get, every day we had the chance to. Right. Consistency. Yeah. So, so like I said, I, you know, as far as details about the, what it's like and all that, we'll definitely, we'll get you back on and you can talk, you can tell mm-hmm. us all those details. So I want to give you an opportunity, you know, you, you said you're part of the team and let's talk about the team. Let's talk about you, um, started up a GoFundMe project, which I will link in the show notes, by the way, listeners, if you're kind of, well, basically if you're tuning in for the first time to mountain bike radio, um, you can go to the show page. If you head over to mountainbikeradio.com, if you're listening to this on your uh, you might be listening to this on your app or iTunes or Stitcher, um, but you can always go over to the website too, is mountainbikeradio.com, and you can go to this episode if you're listening to it on your phone or whatever. Um, you can always go over to the show page. Like I said, I'll be linking some videos, which you're not going to be able to see on your mobile device. Uh, go to the homepage, and you'll see listen to recent episodes in the middle of the page. And that's a whole list of the month, the last episodes uh, for about the last month. So you can always go there and you just click on, you know, this one I'll, I'll list. Um, I don't know what I'll name it, but whatever. The link will be there. Click on there to take you to the show page. And that'll have some videos of the Cape Epic. Um, I'll put a link, a few different links in there. There's an article, a recent article in the Green Bay Press Gazette, which is a newspaper in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, and then I'll link to the, the GoFundMe. So you can go over to GoFundMe.com slash H-A-S-S-O-4. So GoFundMe.com slash Hasso4. And you can check out the GoFundMe over there. Um, that'll be going for a while. Ryan, or Ryan, uh, Ben, uh, lets you talk a little bit about that and give an explanation. But, um, uh, yeah. So anyhow, so if go over the show page, you can see the links. If you're listening to on your mobile device, you can keep listening to this. And on your screen, for example, for iPhone or iPad, iOS devices, uh, the bottom right-hand corner of your screen, there'll be a little E, which means extra or extras. 
tap on that and then you can go to episode links. So while you you can keep listening to it, it'll keep playing, but you can go to episode links and you can, you can scroll through all these different things. So the GoFundMe, I'll share a link for the, uh, Cape Epic and I'll share some other links there as well. So, all right. So Ben, tell us about the team. Tell us about the GoFundMe project, maybe some other sponsors, whatever you have going on there. Um, give people an idea of that and, and how they can help, I guess. Uh, well, Ryan and I are both on Team uh, Linear Sport MTB Trek. We are a team of essentially friends who hung out, found that we were hanging out after and before and during all the races, and for various reasons decided we should start a team, see if we can get some sponsorships and chips fell the right way, and we were able to get a team going last year and kind of actually that's how I met Ryan. So became quick friends and he wanted to have a guy who he could spend eight days together and be able to tolerate for uh, <laughs> eight days. And so that's where that came from. Uh, the uh, As for the GoFundMe page, believe it or not, doing a stage race in South Africa isn't uh, a very cheap undertaking uh <laughs> i thought it was free man Damn. <laughs> yeah but uh so we've been looking for donations looking for sponsorships looking for basically anything people have to offer even if it's just kind words because those are going to help too uh we're on facebook as well if uh you simply search ryan and ben's south african cape epic um, we have a, a group page on there where we are going to be updating that probably, hopefully daily during the, uh, race. Um, giving us, we're planning on little videos, kind of just giving a rundown of how beaten we are essentially. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, our main team sponsor, uh, one of our main team sponsors, Styled Aesthetic, does screen printing, real good t-shirts and hats and sweatshirts and everything, and we thought, other than just the normal GoFundMe's where it's like, give me money and I'm not going to see anything in return, we figured if you donate some money, we should give you a t-shirt. So, we have it set where if uh, you donate $30, we'll give you a t-shirt, you donate $100, we'll give you a t-shirt and a sweatshirt and a hat. Um, it goes from there. Uh, so, and they're very nice shirts too. There's pictures, there are pictures of them on the GoFundMe page. So, and just a but, reminder, listeners, GoFundMe.com slash H-A-S-S-O-4. See, in the, Ben, in the, in the podcast world and listening, like if I don't say things like 10 times, like sometimes <laughs> people won't do them or they'll forget like email. So my email is Ben. I'm at, Ben and my teammate is Ryan. We're going to South right, Africa. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're, exactly. I'm going to have to play <laughs> this over again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions, people for Ben or Ryan, you can just shoot me an email, Ben at mountainbikecreator.com and I can forward those on or Ben, do you want yeah, people to contact you directly? Uh, <laughs> yeah. They'd, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, if they would, uh, if they'd join any the, uh, questions? Facebook group, that's okay. by all means post on there, ask questions on there, just as long as you're not selling cheap Ray-Bans because we had a couple of those people. Oh, <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, so, they, yeah, they so, probably get booted. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll link that in the show notes too so people can check on that as you go along too. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with the team or sponsors or anything on that end of things? Uh, we will be racing our brand new Trek Superfly full suspensions. Oh, Ryan will dude. be on a 9.9 uh, SL full suspension XX1. He went all out. <laughs> I'd say. Oh. It's a just over 20-pound full suspension mountain bike. It's pretty scary. So he should have no... Uh, he should have no complaints on the mountains is what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Exactly. He has zero excuses at this point. Yeah. What are you, and, and what are you riding? I, I totally I forgot riding, to ask if you're getting the details about this. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm riding a Trek 9.8 SL full suspension. Uh, it's best mountain bike I've ever had. It's beautiful. Uh, I actually haven't even ridden the darn thing yet. I'm, <laughs> going out tomorrow because it's going to be in the 30s and I'm going to ride it on the road for a few hours today or tomorrow and the next day. Okay. Um, it- Ryan was able to, for work, go over to Arizona and Colorado and get some good trail time in on his. So he's one up on me a little bit, but I'll get out on it tomorrow. <laughs> I promise. Gotcha. You, you realize when you just said it's going to be up in the 30s, so I'm going to get out on the road for a ride? You realize half of the listeners are like, what the hell? Seriously? Is that, we have a lot of people that listen out in uh, California, Texas, you know, down in the North Carolina region. Um, yeah. And they're, you know, like Tennessee, North Carolina, that whole area down there, they've been getting snow and ice and it's been in the thirties, mm-hmm. twenties and thirties and they're all freaking out. <laughs> so you yeah, say that. a tropical heat wave up here. Right, exactly. They don't understand. I mean, it was 40 degrees here today. We were talking before the show, and it was 40 degrees here today, and you're like, wow, it's like 60. It's like T-shirt weather. So Yeah, I'll be hard-pressed to not be wearing shorts and a short-sleeved jersey. <laughs> right. So you're going to have a – well, you know what? When you get back from the, the – when you get back from South Africa, you're going to be – I mean, it's going to start getting a little bit nicer. You're still going to have some crappy weather, but you're going to be ready to roll. You're gonna be yeah, suntan. Yeah, but, you're gonna be used to warm weather. You're gonna be. You're gonna have some downtime, and then a few weeks later, you're gonna be flying on the bike. Yeah, we're hoping to come into the early season of war strong. We'll see what happens. If or, you even want to look at a bike again. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. Either either that, or you're just gonna be totally done. Like, <laughs> so hopefully not the latter. Yeah, exactly. So I, I want to ask you a little bit more about your bike. I mean, was yeah. this um. I don't know the details of the treks as well as I probably should, but is that a, it's a one by 11 setup or is that a two by? Yep. Uh, yep. Ryan has the XX one on his and I have an X one X O one. Right. Uh, okay. Okay. Combination on mine. Okay. Then how do you decide what chain ring on that front? Well, <laughs> it's uh taking a I mean, variety of them. Yeah, I mean, when this bike was introduced at Trek World, like, I caught wind of it, and, like, everything about it, I said, oh, my God, I want that bike. Mm-hmm. And, uh, however, the funny thing, the chain ring on it is a 32, I think, or a 34. And I'm like, that's way too small for a Wars race. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to swap that out immediately. But for this, that thing is staying on there. <laughs> That'll be good for the mountains i'm thinking right 32 would be uh that's plenty for what you're going to be doing yeah 
Yeah. I'm sure they'll... I believe it's a 34. I'm... Okay. I don't know. Either way. Yeah. It is a 32, having looked at it just now. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, you just... You, you'll see how it goes with that. Um, did you do anything else to it, or is that pretty much a stock bike? For the most part, it will be stock. Okay. Uh, we did buy some, in fact... Bontrager SE3s, which is a tire I think they just came out with this year. The, the SE stands for Super Enduro. It's essentially their XR3, same tread pattern and everything, but more flat protection. Gotcha. So XR3, which, that's a like a 2.3. Yep. 2.3 wide tire. The, yeah, I think the XR3 is a 2.25 or 2.3, okay. somewhere around there, but yeah. yeah. They're two threes, and they've got flat protection, which we think will pay dividends, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, something like that. I mean, you're not – that's what I was going to say with his super light bike. I mean, the tires are the least concerned about, about weight just because you want to get through it. Like, you don't want to yeah. mess with that. Trust me, it's not worth the yeah. extra messing around. The, the first stage last year, there was a flat epidemic where people, including the top-end pros, were getting two and three flats a person. So. Ugh. We're looking to avoid that. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, cool. So you got that. The bike's all set up. You're going to get out on yep. this weekend. Finally get on it this weekend, yep. Balmy Better weather than ever. we're having. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So, listeners, if you have any questions specifically for Ben or Ryan, check out the Facebook page. It's Ben and Ryan's – what was it again? Ben and Ryan's South African Adventure? Epic, yep. Right, ben, South- and, ben and Ryan's South African Cape Epic. Okay. So go to Facebook, search for that. You can find out more information there and you can follow them along or follow along with them. So if they do post anything, you know, from South Africa, you can check it out. Which we absolutely will be. Yeah. So there you go. And, uh, just one last reminder too, you can shoot me an email if you have any questions about, um, this show specifically or another show or an idea. Um, like I said, if you're new to the show, you're new to Mountain Bike Radio, thank you for coming. Thank you uh, for checking this out. Welcome. We hopefully you'll uh, stick around. Um, but, yeah, so that's it, Ben. I appreciate it. We'll uh, definitely have you back after yeah. you're done. And as you're, uh, as you're, you're uh, enjoying your downtime, getting ready for wars. So hopefully, hopefully wars <laughs> isn't a delayed start again like it was what, two years ago or whatever. But... Um, yeah. There's no chance there will be snow. Never. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, cool, Ben. Well, good luck. You know, I'll be definitely, I'm going to check that Facebook page out. I'm definitely going to be following along. So, yep. Um, yeah, we definitely appreciate everybody's, uh, well wishes and anything good you got to say to us. We're definitely going to take the heart. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of getting excited. Like, I didn't really, I didn't really check all this stuff out beforehand before just getting ready for the, the interview, but now I'm mm-hmm. kind of getting excited for you. Like it's, it's yeah. cool. It's, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool to, um, I guess the cool aspect for me is to follow along for somebody that's doing this for the first time, you know, whether yeah. it's a Cape Epic or anything, but stage racing, like that gets me like, if I were to do one race during the year, it would be a stage race that gets me really yeah. jacked up. So anyhow, well, so, we kind of we want to show from the aspect of, all the videos you ever see are of the pros and how they're making it look like nothing. I mean, we, I mean, maybe we're not average Joes, but we're, I mean, 
we're a couple of run-of-the-mill guys with normal jobs going out and doing this. We're, in the end, we kind of want to show that if you assert yourself, you go out and say you can do it, and give it your best, you can do something crazy like this. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, that is a good piece to end on. So thank you. I, I guess that was this could this discussion honestly could probably go on all night. Um, but but listeners I, that and I don't know if I said it in the beginning, but that is one reason that I I wanted to get him on um, because really when it comes down to it, I don't care who you are, you can get out and do something that you're you know that you think is too big for you. So damn Absolutely. it, get out there. <laughs> so Ben. Thank you for thank you for um, coming on. Thank you for giving people an idea that uh, you can get out there and do it, and that you can train through a Wisconsin winter to get in shape <laughs> for a nearly five hundred mile race with a million feet of climbing. So, <laughs> so absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Inside Mountain Bike Radio. Mm-hmm.